You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about. There we go. And we're live. Hey, people. How are you doing? And welcome to episode 83 of the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Um, very excited tonight. We are going to hit you with um, part two of our focus on CrossFit. That's what we're doing uh, this January of 2022. Um, if you missed part one, then you can watch the YouTube video. Um, it's on YouTube at the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. If you just want to listen to the audio, then simply download a podcast app onto your iphone or your android and look for the sports therapy association podcast and in fact there's about 82 episodes now which you can uh, peruse through and get your free cpd from that so my name is matt phillips i'm the creator of runchatlive.com but as always tuesday at eight o'clock uh, we are live on the Sports Therapy Association podcast, which is all about kind of putting some of the evidence back into sports therapy or soft tissue therapy, I should say. Uh, you don't have to be a member of the STA to join us. You can join us live through the Sports Therapy Association Facebook page, which anyone can join. Or if you don't want to do it through Facebook, you can join us via the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. Um, both of them will allow you to come through and uh ask questions directly to the speakers, to comments, to share your Facebook or YouTube logo on the screen. You'll see shortly if you're watching the live video that that comes up when you have something to say. And we would love you to join us live if you can. But if you can't, listening to the podcast, we hope that you enjoy that. And if you do, do please, please, please uh, leave a rating, preferably of the number five and a little review. Uh, that really does help us just appear higher up when people do searches for sports therapy podcast or soft tissue podcast. If you appreciate what we do and you like the guests we have, the topics we talk about, then do please leave a rating. Take a minute out of your busy schedules to do so. So, like I said, last week we had the pleasure of talking to Robert Crowley and Sonia Fierro. It's a fantastic introduction to CrossFit, looking at where it came from, looking at how it's changed across the where was it about 2000 early 2000 so 20 plus years looking at some of the myths and misconceptions which even i had and many people do have about crossfitters and what happens in a box get the terminology now um is everybody still vomiting in basket in baskets in 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 buckets in the corner are they still all kind of celebrating that pain is just weakness leaving the body and hitting each other with lead pipes or have they moved on a little bit is it true that people of a more varied age can actually benefit from CrossFit now as opposed to the image we've got from the kind of the early 2000s up to 2010 probably. Part two, I'm very excited to say we've got three fantastic guests to join us this evening. Gives me a rest from talking, which I'm sure you'll appreciate. And um, a wonderful insight into CrossFit, we have Professor Mark Wilson, who is Professor of Performance and Psychology at the University of Exeter, um, extremely published researcher with off the top of my head i think 147 or something um papers out there something like that excuse me if i've dropped one there um and also putting um phd th uh, students through at the university of exeter um head of department for sport and health sciences there and also um has been in crossfit for a number of years still competing still as you will soon see very strong fine example of um somebody from exeter although he's not from Exeter. We've also got Natalie Granger, who's a personal trainer, CrossFit coach at CrossFit Pie in East Devon. 
um also creator of shift indoor cycling and something i love saying it just rings nicely former helicopter pilot with commando helicopter force in the royal navy for 10 years very exciting that's very admirable um natalie's going to be giving us her her experience in crossfit and also it's very exciting as as we'll hear soon natalie's looking forward to um, competing i think for the first time at the crossfit games in 2022 this year so it'll be great to hear her experience and her hopes and also obviously we're talking about injury um, talking of injury, we've got Anna Maria back, um, a firm favourite on the podcast. Anna Maria Mazzieri, soft tissue therapist and educator extraordinaire, director of the hugely respected um, The School. And that's how she knows these guys, because Anne Marie has got a clinic in one of the boxes and works her and her um, students and staff work with um, CrossFitters. And have got a good insight into the injuries. And we'll be hearing about um, some tips on how to maybe um assess these injuries see what the problem is how to deal with it some of the misconceptions and also into the psychology is it different working with a crossfitter is there something different you need to do knowing they're into crossfit and that's where our other guests will kind of join in very much as well so there's the introduction as always if you've got any questions and just chime in sometimes my guests can see the comments in the side sometimes they can't i don't know what rules that but as you can see if you're watching the live show now you can see names appear there hey Catherine, how you doing Catherine is on the screen saying hi everyone gary benson of the sports therapy association founder no less is in the house as well hi gary how you doing brian huxley is here as well alistair cunningham is here how you doing emma bergen's here they're filling up the room massively which is lovely to see thank you indeed for everybody who joins us live right i think i've left them down in the dark gloomy lobby for long enough so what i'm going to do is bring up our guests in no particular order whatsoever let me get rid of that um and we'll bring up our guests in no particular order. Oh, this is always an issue. I'll have to bring it up first when I want to hear the last of it. Here's Anna Maria Mazzieri. <laughs> hey, hey, how are you doing? Good evening, <laughs> nice Mr. To see you. Phillips et al. Thanks for Good joining us. Good evening, everybody. Thank you very much. Um, thanks for coming back. You've been on here, I think, maybe more than any other guest now. I think you've beat Mike James, which is something to say. So thank you very much. Um, you're always very welcome oh, thank here. You for, thank you um uh who should we go for next oh i don't know beauty or the beast oh no i've really i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say who i'm gonna bring up i'm just gonna pick one there you go hi the hey beauty, Natalie, how you obviously doing? i think i cover nice. both beauty and I can be a bit of a beast exactly. so i'll take that pumping for a nice one thank <laughs> you for joining us natalie great to have you along appreciate your time and then last but i'm by no means least we have professor mark wilson from the university of exeter as well Hey, Beast, how are you? I was born the Beast, no problem. <laughs> there we go, fantastic. Um, right, so thank you so much again, you um, three, for joining us this evening. It's really nice. You guys know each other already, don't you? Tell me yes. how you guys met. Let's start off with that, because that will kind of cover part of it as well. From the gym. Oh, sorry, the from gym. the box. He's in there from from the, the box. box. <laughs> so you were there one day, Amory, where you lifting and doing some kind of monkey flips, whatever they're called, and <laughs> uh, press pull-ups, and, and suddenly you saw Natalie... I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to okay. leave it there. The, the good thing about, this is one of the good things about CrossFit. It is a family and you cannot go just going into the gym, drop the box, sorry, drop in and drop out. You become part mm. of that environment. That is, is the dramatically positive. So, and I've been there since, our clinic was there since actually the, the gym was, the box was created. 
Oh, fantastic. This is that. But it's in... one of the best boxes ever because it's, it's very friendly. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you've definitely earned your money there. That's fantastic. And this is CrossFit Pie, isn't it? And there's two boxes. Um, just for people who know that part of the world, where are they? Uh, so CrossFit Pie is just south of Exeter, so just okay. off the M5. And CrossFit Theta, which is our sister gym, is um, also on the M5, just off Wellington Services, so really? up towards Somerset. Okay, so if you're in the area, then you know where these people are located, just in case you want to pop in and say hi and become part of the family. And Natalie, how did you get involved with CrossFit? Um, so I was a personal trainer up in London and, um, someone said to me, oh, you should try this workout. Um, and it was one of the first, it was the 20.1 in the CrossFit Open <clears throat> and it was, um, ground to overhead and burpees over the bar. And I didn't finish it under the time cap. And I couldn't understand as a fit personal trainer who was charging people a lot of money for my services, why I couldn't finish this workout. And that was me. I was just hooked from there. Moved no, to I don't want to stereotype, but with you having a military background does that also can i automatically assume that you were quite hardcore and you would have taken it quite personally if you didn't complete this oh yeah i yeah, just couldn't get my head around it at all yeah. i mean it just didn't make any sense to me whatsoever that i couldn't finish it um and yeah moved to devon uh, got in touch with the boys who run um, crossfit pie and did my level one certification which is what all coaches have to do before they can coach crossfit and started from there and have just sort of loved the whole experience to be honest the whole family thing that Anna talks about the workouts um being a CrossFit coach is I think one of the best jobs going around yeah I mean don't get me wrong everything has its negatives but um for me having a class of 10 12 people in front of you all with different movement faults um that all need correcting quickly because you've only got an hour with all of them um is a great way to develop as a personal trainer and a coach fantastic very interesting and indeed we did kind of touch on last week with robert and sonia about how the family nature of crossfit is really can be really quite useful when it comes to exercise adherence and, and getting people to actually which is one of the biggest problems as i'm sure anna marie will talk later on when you give exercises to patients or clients a lot of them just don't do it because they don't they don't they're trying to do it by themselves in their bedroom with a theraband and they're never going to do it it's just the most unexciting thing in the world so that can be one of the benefits of crossfit talking of what people do and don't do that was a nice segue into professor mark wilson you you research that a little bit, any behaviour? I've been told. Yeah, just a bit. But um, I mean, in terms of CrossFit, I mean, I, I preferred the link family because I actually started because I I turned up six years ago with my two daughters who were, I think, eight and ten at the time, and they started before I did, and it was actually um, watching them and watching the other people in the gym do their stuff. I thought, oh, that muscle up! I want to learn how to do that, or I want to be able to walk on my hands. So that first summer, they started in August. We had a competition who could learn to walk on their hands first. So I did that before I actually joined the the box properly, gym box, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, the, the family idea for me was was literally family because I took my two girls who weren't interested in any other sport that I tried to get them involved in. So um, uh, yeah, that was that was probably the end for me bringing my kids. What year was that about? Just to get an idea. Must have been 2015, 26, okay. the summer of 2015. 
Um, I'm just trying to get an idea then what the because you're not from military background, no? No, I mean again, but you are you... from fighting background, so maybe there's a bit of a crossover in terms of. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I used to uh, compete in mixed martial arts professionally, and then I coached it for a while. Then right. I then I got sensible and took up Ironman because that was less likely to get injured. But, but I mean, again, the other interesting story, I think, for for me, perspective in terms of injury, I, I arrived at CrossFit with a, 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 I had a torn bicep when someone tried to pull my arm off uh, a few years back, um, and a, a physio told me that. Uh, I was watching these people do muscle-ups and stuff, and I was going, oh, I get some impingement when I do pull-ups, so I probably can never do that. And a therapist that I went to said, no, you're right. You know, you're in your 40s now. There's plenty of other exercises you could do instead. And when I went into CrossFit Pie, one of the coaches there said, that's nonsense. You know, <laughs> don't worry about that. We'll, we'll, I'll show you how you can do this, moving better. And um, pain not being, you know, always what you think it is, as in it's I'm getting hurt here. That's just a signal. So I must admit that um, my my experience of therapy and injury and those things was was probably more pronounced and uh, more evidence based in CrossFit than it had been in a, definitely in a career in fighting. Very interesting. Cool. So, so you did, so when you walked into the gym, you were kind of no stranger to dealing with maybe a little bit of pain, understanding that you don't have to do an exercise with no pain. You can go through a little bit as part of it. So it wasn't a total shock to you. Cause I'm interested to start off in your experience, both as Anna Marie, as you working with CrossFit athletes, Natalie working with them, being surrounded by them and, and Mark being with them as well. Do has crossfitting has crossfit has changed in terms of the kind of 2010 Californian beautiful body already fit person? Are they is there still that element inside boxes or has it changed since then over the last kind of ten years? Anybody? I, I go for it. I think hmm. it's one of the most inclusive. I've I I would not go to my local gym because of my size and weight. I have no problem to enter into CrossFit. Nobody cares the way I look. Nobody cares the way how much I weigh. It's so, um, it's so inclusive from that perspective. Any shape, any 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 background, and that that I think for me just that's what made me feel comfortable immediately. Immediately, and it's the, that 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 um, hedonist. Um, idea i think definitely has changed i definitely has changed that's really interesting and i think that will clear up a lot of misconceptions because i know people do think it's just a bunch of kind of you know fit beautiful people who hang out together and impress each other and it's not that at all i think it's probably such a small percentage of people in the in our gym mm. um and i i hopefully across across all crossfit boxes um maybe maybe five ten percent is that sort of group of people who are maybe a little bit pushing towards the elite level so they are competing at high level they are training twice a day you know but the majority of people that we see in classes are either new to exercise new to crossfit um all different shapes and sizes uh, and the idea you know that you can get all of those 10 very different people doing exactly the same workout scaled appropriately is that basically that the whole thing of crossfit and that's why people love it. So generally, if people get through the door in the first place, then they'll keep coming back. That's a big yeah. thing. That's really healthy, you know, in terms of psychology and Mark and just 
people realising that yeah. they can do exactly the same as other people? Well, I mean, I think one of the things that's important to recognise about motivation is that nearly everybody has multiple motivations for doing anything. And I think CrossFit, um, for me, had a number. So again, this is my story, so I'm not, it's not the same as everyone. So I was someone who was used to competing. I was someone who was used to, you know, punishing myself or having someone else punish me. Um, but I was also someone that really enjoyed learning skills. That was part of what fighting was for me, learning how to do techniques. And when you go to CrossFit, it wasn't just, right, well, how you know, go flat out, see what you can do or see how heavy you can lift. There, there was... I, I want to learn how to do that. That, that to me, that that sort of um, skill acquisition piece was important. Aesthetics, you know, trying to look better, um, trying to get stronger, trying to see what my body could do. So, oh, you know, when you've got multiple motivations, competing with my mates, uh, you know, in the session, whatever it might be, you know, every one of those is, is a piece of why I would keep turning up. And on one day, it might be something different than on another day. Um, so, you know, I think having multiple sources of motivation for whatever you love and whatever exercise is going to keep you healthy. And again, that's going to be important for you guys as therapists in terms of getting people. Um, so I'm getting messages from people listening to this and trying to rocky, rocky, rocky stop it. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, you're, you're, you know, so that, that is absolutely important that people have multiple motivations and, and you can target different ones at different times. And that whole, the more you can fit a whole piece, the, the more likely people are, are going to continue to turn up. Um, Gary Benson just said here, it's always good to compete with the kids whilst they're small enough not to win, Mark. Yeah, it's I true, especially... <laughs> to- totally agree with that, especially in fighting sports, I find, because that, that is really useful. Yeah, I mean, Gary's like six foot five, and I think his kids are practically nearly all the taller than him now, so he probably got it. It was very wise in your case, Gary. <laughs> even dwarf you now. Um, okay, so, yeah, very interesting. Right, tonight's all about injury, then. That's what we're focusing on tonight. So we've already dismissed this notion which I want to come back to later on, because I think if you realize CrossFit can appeal to a larger audience, then straight away you start thinking, oh, maybe this if this person needs to improve their strength, mobility, maybe CrossFit is a door that would appeal to them. Whereas before people might have thought, no way, I can't sell a CrossFit, they'll never come out alive sort of thing, or it just wouldn't be their cup of tea. But before we go into that, what about the idea that CrossFit has a high um, prevalence of injury? Is it because there's going to be this idea as well that if you're going to CrossFit, you're high, you're, you're kind of raising your risk of getting injured compared to just going down the gym or doing some kind of slow weights. Is it fair? Is it a higher risk of injury? Do we know if there's any research or is it a little bit exaggerated? Well, there is. There, um, I probably mark your your best one to to explain that, but there is a Klimek et al. Um, research uh, review that came out. I think. Uh, uh, I mean, out of 100 studies, I think only three, they were, they were good studies and uh, still with risk of bias. But what, what were the results, Mark? Do you... Do you um... Yeah, I mean, there's been... I mean, I think that there was a 2018 review and there's been a, a number of... I think as, as, as a new sport, the, the, I think I was saying before we came on, the quantity of research is now coming out, uh, is expanding, but, you know, the quality, not necessarily. And I, I think that's... An issue with injury research in general, from what I see, as a, as, you know, as a as a scientist and a, as, as someone that does research myself, you know, it's not always easy. But you know, if you're going to define injury, you have to be consistent with how you define it. And across studies, that isn't the case. So, if you're looking at incident rates of injury, well, if in one study you're saying, okay, something that stopped you training in the last two years, and another study you're saying in the last six months, something where you had to get medical 
treatment. These so across studies, it's very hard to compare. But there's been a like a 2021 recent review which had about 20 studies in it, and generally it comes out that the, the risk of injury in CrossFit is pretty similar to other other either contact or lifting sports, and probably not that dissimilar to running and, and even non-contact sports. So uh, I think the evidence isn't there that it's it's risky in that way. And, and something you just met, you said before you asked about the study is that the thing that I notice most in a CrossFit gym, and again, I've got friends my age, sort of late 40s, early 50s, is the improved way they move. I notice much more than how many injuries we might pick up every now and then, you know, um, um, overuse injuries or fatigue. You know, the fact that someone would come in and couldn't do an air squat and now they can do an overhead squat with you know a, a, an olympic bar with weights on it that that's what i noticed more than anything in, in in the gym that what people can do after doing crossfit for a period of time compared to what they can't do or what injuries they're picking up their their improvements is, is definitely more noticeable looking around the gym that's anecdotal i appreciate but i think i hit the science to start with no 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 it's very good i think it's yeah it's very similar we we're chatting off air it's similar to running how you define an injury and also there's a danger isn't it as always with research like runnies i think um it can be between 15 and 70 percent prevalence depending on which study you refer to so if you want to criticize running then you just go to the 70 yeah. percent so you're all doing it wrong you need to wear these shoes don't you know that it's 70 percent and if you want to defend you just say oh it's 15 percent so it's dangerous isn't it it's- the methodology is so is so varied it's not consistent but <clears throat> what what is consistent to the three studies that the the injury risk calculated against the 1000 hours it's around 3.1, 3.3. You've got high socket that is, uh, um, I think, more than 50. Instead, you've got um, football is 4.2 to 5. Mm-hmm. So actually, football seems to have a higher injury rate. So it's all very relevant, and I don't think you can base uh, on that. Okay, so we've got some interesting stuff here for people who are listening. Um, one, it's not all... Don't feel that your clients should never go to CrossFit because they're going to walk in there and be kind of just people looking at them and going, what are you doing here? Get out. You can't even do this. That's not going to happen, according to these people. Um, And also, two, um, you don't have to be hugely fit to enter it in the first place. um, And you're not going to make yourself worse. So that's something which I think has real big implications for sports therapists or soft tissue therapists when they are thinking about Maybe who to work with. I mean, maybe you've all got your strength and conditioning guy down the road who works at the gym and you send them staff and they send you people. Maybe, especially as CrossFit is getting more popular now, it's time to strike up if you're looking for your business, which at the end of the day a lot of people are, to make include in your circles somebody, some coaches at your local CrossFit centre. You know, they can work both ways as well. How about, okay, so that's good. So we're opening up the door to that. What about, um, let's go to actually the most common injuries, okay, um, either through research or what you see, anecdotal or whatever. And and as we're doing so, maybe look at some of the, the reasons for why those injuries are the most prevalent. So, so actually, what we see, what we see in clinic, really reflects what research says. Twenty-five percent of uh, crossfit injuries from th- those three papers seem to be shoulders, and uh, just slightly less seems to be knee. And this is exactly what we say because they. Didn't 
At my end, I apologise for the lack of sound like, or great. the freezing. Oh. It was only momentarily, okay. don't worry. Oh, okay, fantastic. So, um, Just repeat what you said about... So yeah, it's definitely where... the shoulder and the knee because in, okay. in CrossFit, you, you use especially the shoulder, those end ranges and high load and fast. So in... It all got too good to be true. Um, apologies for that, and we will be back, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I can, uh, you know, haven't had a quick look at the research. As I say, yeah. I'm not a sports therapist, but I, I had a quick look at some of the studies. Yeah, shoulder, lower back, knees, and the main cause of injury generally is um, the the weightlifting. So the the Olympic lifts seem to be the the main cause, um, and some of the, the science seems to suggest that that might be because those lifts are done under fatigue. You know, high loads under under fatigue. That's what the research says. Anna Maria may tell us something different. Yeah, what was interesting from the research actually is that they found that ma- um, male participants had higher rate of injuries than female, but also they they brought in a different element, which they said is uh, people that they were coached they had lower injury risks or low yes so they 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 injury rates were were lower so that that i thought was quite was quite interesting as well and this is something that especially you know at pi but natalie you're better to to speak with that that kind of programming is really really important but if we go back a moment to to why you know there there are injuries it's like in any other case you know in any other sport in any other activity you miss those what 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 mike james uh, the endurance physio called the big rocks if you lack your your your, the lifestyle factor your sleep your fatigue uh, your stress your your nutrition unless those one are sorted you are increasing your risk factors or actually, uh, you know, having or having an injury, we can never prevent injury. This is, you know, we discussed it uh, a little bit offline a, a while ago about can can we really prevent injury? Injuries cannot be prevented. Can we reduce some of the risk factor? Or can we mitigate some of the risk factors massively? And some of the risk factors, th- those lifestyle risk factors, are way bigger and more important than some of those biomechanical risk factors. As sports therapists or soft tissue therapy, we're still giving too much um, consideration to the biomechanical risk factors and not enough to these other risk factors. But coaching is a very important. Coaching and, and periodization is a very big... Uh, uh, it's not the load, that, like Tim Gambit said, it's not the load that breaks you, it's the load that you're not prepared for. So I'm interested with this, and I'm going to come to you, Natalie, with this. I'm interested because traditionally, I mean, CrossFit started off at a time like in the early 2000s when there was quite a lot of exciting new methodologies appearing. You had your pull check and your grays and NASM, and it was very suddenly it was all about integrated training and stability balls came out. And there was a lot of ideas which are produced by some really intelligent people um, like of how to lift safely and the mechanical reasons for pain since then a lot of those professionals i'll i'll, I'll mention for example kelly starrett for example because i was really interested in he produced this book called the supple leopard which a lot of therapists have probably read it was back in 213 i think and for me it was a bit like um chris mcdougall's born to run 
it was something that at the time was really attractive. A lot of people read it. It became a Bible very quickly. It put every pain problem basically down to a mobility issue. Um, and, and some of the things that Kelly came out with at the time was very posture focused, how to sit, how to stand. If you want to avoid injury, move this way. Everyone's the same. This is how you do a squat. Knees back, don't pass the toe, lined up with your feet. And at the time, loads of people jumped onto that. And we know now, even though I read an interview with Kelly, um, and it, the same happens with a lot of professionals back then. And now he's saying, he's moved on, he's saying there's no one way to squat. It'd be ridiculous to assume that everyone who comes into the box has to move in the same way because of anatomical variance, because of the psychology behind it. People are going to move differently because all individuals and stuff like that. He's changed, and a lot of the other people from those times have changed. But um, I wonder whether coaches across all gyms have changed or whether it depends on some coaches have kept up with the methodology and they're kind of thinking about rest diet or whether there's a danger of some coaches still teaching what was kind of preached back in supple leopard days. Natalie, what's your experience? Um, That was a very long intro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say that um, so on CrossFit's part, I think they're doing a good thing. Um, a lot of co- coaches might not agree because they have to pay for it, but coaches have to re-qualify every couple of years. So you could, don't just get qualified like you do as a personal trainer and then you go off for a 30-year career and you're still teaching stuff that's 30 years old. You have to re-qualify, which does keep people, I think, up to date with the likes of social media, and which is definitely a positive tool a lot of the time. Don't get me wrong, can be negative as well. But I think... The good coaches out there um, will be constantly updating what they know and they will be learning from people around them, learning from the level two, level three coaches that are in their box, learning from the sports therapists, learning from their own injuries, personal experience. I've had shoulders, no knee problems, touch wood, shoulders and hip, lower back a little bit Um, and putting that into practice as you go along. Um, I'd like to hope that everyone else does that as well um obviously you can't guarantee it though but that's kind of I think I heard in the podcast last week um you kind of touched on the point that um every box is different and that's a good thing and that if you go to a box and you don't like it it's actually it might not just it might just be that box it might not be CrossFit that you don't like that's what the beauty of CrossFit you need to move around try different boxes try different coaches at your box um and find something that works for you how about the biomechanics? You mentioned earlier on, like you've got 100 people in front of you and they're moving in ways which you've identified as potentially wrong. How much of a factor, how much are you correcting the way people move or, or does it vary from person to person? You... Yeah, I think it, that was one of the first things I kind of learned was that A, everyone moves differently. And there, I, I, I mean, I've read, I started reading Supple Leopard when I first qualified, but I didn't get all the way through it. But yeah, I don't, um, everyone moves differently. And a lot of the issues that people have are very similar. So actually, um, things like ankle mobility, starting at the feet, like generally people's feet are the main, main problem with everything that they're doing. So generally, we always start looking at the bottom up. Um, and actually, if you can start fixing some of those problems earlier on um, and helping people move better, then simple cues can actually help the whole class. Um, and everyone would benefit from a, you know, keep your chest up as a cue 
a lot of people would benefit from that to help them move better because they get that supervision without um, having a one-to-one sort of situation, um, which can help build their confidence, which I think is super important for everything, especially with the Olympic lifting. I was going to say, with Olympic lifting, there is a skill, isn't there? There's more of a skill for these. If you're going to do it successfully and be able to get the bar up and not put too much weight, I suppose there is very much a CrossFit skill, so you need to get that across. Sorry, you and Martin, memory. yeah, when me and Martin always have a chat about this, uh, it obviously comes from, a, he's an excellent coach and we talk about, you know, do we are we really fixing or are we really, you know, um, do people can move better? And, and Martin Martin says it, you know, Martin Atley, which is the owner of the gym, you know, he always says it's about efficiency, Anna. You know, when you're, when you, when you're going and uh, lifting heavy loads, uh, it's all about efficient movement. We're not talking about pain. This is my realm. You know, that's why they come to me. But for them, it's about, uh, like um, Natalie correctly said, about the, the range of motion of the ankle. If they have potential to achieve a greater range of motion that they're already achieving, it's good for them to achieve the range d- during, you know, the deep squat, for example. And this is like for us... I, I don't believe in movement screens, okay? So for me that, but I will check the potential of movement on those particular joints. So for example, on the shoulders, if I know that they have potential to 180, I will help them, support them to achieve the 180 range of motion. If they only have 170, because that's the natural range, because anatomically that's what they achieve, then we speak to the coaches and we, we discuss and that person will achieve the 170. So everything around it will revolve around the 170. So, and that's where you have great coaches like Nat, where she will say, actually, I've got 10 people there. The, the, the issues might be very similar because they usually are, but the individuality of the person is up to the coach knows every single person there and they know every single um, you know potential, and this is this is why I like because it's about achieving their potential and not focusing too much on what they don't have. Yeah, so for for me, that's that's one of the key roles of the coach is to know your audience, so know who's in your class and scale the workout appropriately for them. So scaling is like our one of our safety first, but scaling is next. So. Injuries happen because, like Hannah said, people aren't ready for the load. So sometimes it's up to the coach um, to advise people to maybe reduce the load, reduce the range of motion. So, you know, if it's their second session doing butterfly kipping, butterfly pull-ups might not be ready for them. They might have the strength to do it, but they haven't built themselves up to be ready for doing 20 at a time. Um, And... Yeah, I think I think Mark wanted to touch on a point re- regarding like ego and um, like that is the main that I think that's one of the main causes of injuries is that people's ego gets ahead of them. They try and do something they've seen their mates doing. They think they can do, um, and that's where having a coach and being in a class, um, your coach should hopefully most of the time rein that in a little bit and build you up until you're ready, and then celebrate with you when you eventually get to that you know, major milestone, whatever it may be. 
go ahead and touch on that. I was going to, you read my mind because I was interested to see how much it costs it, the, the ego, the, cause it is such a, loads of people around doing different stuff. How much is that a problem? What are the pros and cons of people seeing something really wanting to get that done now in terms of potential injury? Mark? Yeah. Well, I mean, like with, with probably any element of life, there's a thin balance between, you know, those trying to push yourself to improve and knowing when that's not right. And, you know, often the individual isn't the best person to make that judgment because of emotion, ego, fatigue, stress, lots of reasons. You know, there's, there's tons of um, ways in which our attention can be disrupted, our th- thought processes can be disrupted, and we make bad choices and make bad decisions. And unfortunately, in a movement, um, paradigm you can also disrupt good movement patterns by for those reasons as well so all, all of these are an issue so I think good coaching is important there uh, but uh, I mean something you know it's important that each athlete takes some ownership as well over over that but but what's difficult I think it's not just um, one of the things I know as an athlete myself now so or, or a participant one of the things that's difficult is that you're always looking for these um, steps that you've made. So, you, you know, you might be, say you're doing pull-ups and you're using a purple band to help you. You, When you get onto the red band, you don't want to go back to the purple band again because I'm now red band. I'm looking to go to the next. I, I want to go to no band or jumping. So where I think, you know, again, this is absolutely anecdotal, me, um, to be careful about generalizing this is that sometimes it's that idea of you now know how to do something and you want to put it into a workout and so you maybe shouldn't have um or you maybe should have reined it back in or taken a break or, or whatever so i think that, that that could be one of the the difficulties one of the sort of traps is too hard a word but of crossfit for people that are generally competitive generally wanting to do better generally interested in scaling a uh, a um a mountain of difficulty you know it's knowing when that's not the appropriate time and i know for myself there's certain workouts where a coach will have said look this workout's all about getting sweaty so if you can't do these reps just scale it back because we just want to see you do lots of different things whereas this one might be you know this is a good chance for you to practice that skill you know if you have to drop down take a couple of moments before you go up and do it again. That's perfect because this is the chance to do that. And um, that, that level of, you know, I guess that sort of targeting is, is important because, as I say, the athlete is not always the best the, um, best source of information on what's best for them. Yeah, I, I have a little bit, though, um, Codena Grimov, but there is a couple of things that one, one, one thing I want to pick up on, which I personally struggle is I think we, I think in, CrossFit and the type of the type of environment, we need to start changing the terminology and stop using the word "good movement." Like we we have stopped using it in uh, in, te- in in uh, in rehab. This is because the movement is so individualized. I don't. But I know exactly what what you guys mean because you know. But. Actually, there is no good or bad movement that is individualized movement. It's movement for that person at the time. But there is also efficient movement. And that, that, that is where, and in pain, we've seen that, you know, in pain, we used to be, and I know I was one of those. I used to love this upper leopard and all this, you know, I, I, I did all of it. And I used to be, I used to do movement screens, you know, I used to love FMS. 
But actually, you know, now now we understand that it's, it is a little bit more complex than that. That's why I like to move. Instead of say good movement, I like to say efficient movement. Because if we say good movement, the person next to me that, that in the class might think that, you know, what my next, my, 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 the person next to me is doing the perfect movement, but actually it's perfect for them. But it might not be for me. So, but efficient movement, that is important because especially like Martin said, you know, when you lift heavy, there are some, some movement that you can be more efficient in lifting the particular, the particular load. Yeah. I, mean, well, yeah, I was going to say like, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot in science about self-organization of dynamical systems. So this idea that, it depends mm. on the constraints on a system will it will create a movement outcome Correct. that's perfect for that system. So we all start off different, differently yeah. built, differently shaped. I mean, and, and I guess if you look at even the elite end of weightlifting, none of those guys lift exactly the same. They've all got some of their head. I mean, I'm not an expert weightlifter, but I watch it because I'm interested. But, you know, you don't go, there's the perfect weightlifting technique. Yeah. You know, the, in fact, there's absolute ridiculous differences in terms of those that, that split jerk versus squat jerk. But even, you know, in terms of the way they clean, the way they snatch, you know, their their head positions might be different. Their starting positions are different. And all that might be dependent on, on functional differences or just what the environment to be in environment environment in fact a healthy joint is a joint that is very variable into that but within all of that there is definitely some standards you know efficiency so absolutely but i think because i knew exactly what you guys were saying when you were saying good movement patterns but i think for our clients for our you know gym members i think we need to start giving the word of efficiency because then they give them power because if i if i say to somebody oh yeah you know you look at, at, at one of the guys oh my god look that over the, the overhead is fantastic yes because he's got ma- great range of motion on the shoulders i will never have the range of motion on the shoulders so i will never be able to do an overhead like that because anatomically i'm different but that person in the head they think oh i need to be like him or like her but no, we are different. So instead, if we were, we use the word, I know that I'm a bit of a stickler with, with words. If we use the word efficient, it gives you so much power, doesn't it? it it's something that we can we can change. We can, uh, but that, that's just me. I just like, uh, I don't even speak English properly, but I like <laughs> words. <laughs> I think it's a really valid point. It really helps educate. Changing the word can really change the chip inside the patient or yeah. client in front of you is really relevant. And I think most soft tissue therapists have understood the importance of changing a word with certain clients understand that what we say can have a great effect on even how much that person's in pain. So it's interesting. I want to, I'm conscious of the time. So I'm interested about the relationship, Anna Marie, do you share clients with Natalie then? So, uh, well, not my, myself personally, but um, the guys that work up there, yes, they do. So, okay, it's, so quite, uh, it's quite a good. Uh, so, yeah. give me an idea, maybe. I mean, Natalie, Natalie, you might not be more aware than you can either draw on real people or just kind of like generalize. But how successful is it when somebody is in pain? Okay, let's use pain as, as the kind of denominator that there's a working relationship between the therapist and the coach in terms of getting that person out of pain. Does the dialogue help? So it can, definitely, absolutely, 100%. Um, what you'll find with CrossFitters, 
that when they get injured or are in pain, um, they will keep training. Um, like you can, you can tell them not to train, but either way, they're going to train. Um, the key, I think, that <coughs> I think the clinic and my gym do quite well is that we talk to each other if someone's injured, and we work around the problem. So we allow people to train. Just we know what they can and can't do, and you know, it's stuff like if people have got a knee problem, and the workout is squat cleans. They'll power clean instead. So rather than squatting, they'll come up and go and do the squat. Um, you know, there's there's always something they can do, and that for people, I think that's the beauty part of the beauty of CrossFit is that there's always something you can do. There's always something you can scale that workout to receive the same stimulus that's intended, and still enjoy it. Um, so for, I, I guess I think it's a, it could be a really really good relationship for us for sports therapists to have between them and a coach and it would give people just so much more hope and like willingness to train because they know that they're getting something else stronger whilst that is being worked on because one of the challenges of working with crossfitters and we discussed out a few days ago you know there is a little bit of and i'm saying that with it's not criticism there is a little bit of obsessiveness in that behavior so sometimes well to be honest i would do that with any client even with my 70 year old dorothy but changing the movement changing their activity their meaningful activity is the last thing I want to do unless they really need to unless they have something that they definitely cannot do the activity I prefer saying to them go back go and see Natalie continue the class then we can speak to Natalie say actually can we modify the load because that's what it's all about reduce the load first then if the load if the movement itself still creates a problem or, you know, doesn't hinders recovery, then we'll change. But usually, we let's keep them into the meaningful activity because otherwise you're not working as part of their team. You're working against them. They will not listen to you. You have to build therapeutic alliance and building therapeutic alliance often is understanding where they are. For some of our boys and girls, the CrossFit, the coming to the box is the very important thing to relieve the stress, to, to is the meaningful, is the family. Cool. And this yeah. relationship could happen via email. You don't have to talk face to face. You know, it could be done via Zoom calls, by by the three of you getting together, or just the two of you. So, Absolutely. yeah, to have the relationship working together. Sorry, Mark, I interrupted you. You were going to say? I can't remember now. But but no, I, I think I was. No, I was going to say that. You've been know, hit too many times in the head. It's also saying yeah. fighters. Office an elite sport. You know. Being away from the main, one of the things that, that athletes struggle with is the fact that they're no longer on the pitch with their mates. Now they're off with a therapist doing their individual stuff and it sucks because that's not what, what they want. So there's a, there is a difficulty there. I mean, also, I, th- I remember what I was going to say now that one of the coaches at, at Pi once said to me that when you're talking about what that, um, that hour in the gym, he said that, you know, generally that could be our client's best hour of the day. Um, so, so that so that is important, you know. Losing that, it has got a major follow-on of on effects to lots of things like mood and, and, and so forth. So, um, yeah, I agree that you want to be doing everything you can between coach and therapist to to, to make sure that you can maintain um, the, the positive elements of what people are getting out of their their sporting experience. Fantastic. One thing I um one thing I wish, and I wish this I wish I had done this myself as well is that I don't think people 
go soon enough to see the therapist. So I think it, for me, I had a little niggle in my shoulder. Something didn't quite feel right, but I carried on training, carried on adding load, keep kept going, and then boom, injury. Um, I generally tell people if people look like they're sort of wincing or you know maybe they're they're not putting that extra load on, you know what you know why why aren't you going up with your percentages? And say, oh, you know, my hips a little bit niggly, or my knee knee feels a bit weird. That's the point that I now then just refer and just say, just book in, go chat to someone, let them have a look at how you move. Um, that's not within a confines of an hour, um, you know, and and get them to sort out the niggles first. Um, I think that's where a sports therapist can be really, really useful pre-injury. You know, helping people move better. Um, and sorting out problems before they become serious issues. That's my yeah. personal. No, very anecdote. good point. I worry sometimes, it's not always the case, but I worry sometimes that athletes and, and, and kind of recreational athletes, they're worried about going to see a therapist, maybe because they're scared that they're going to say it's something serious and they're going to be told not they can't do it again. But also I think there's a little bit like that kind of car salesman thing where they're going to kick their tongue and go, oh, you're going to need six or seven treatments with this. And they're just thinking how it's going to affect their pocket. Both are something we need to change our industry, aren't they, Amory? I love working with CrossFit because with, with the guys and the girls up there because actually they're so uh, self-efficacy is their word. So they, they, they might sometimes come regularly for massage just because they love the treatment and they love not feeling tight. But they come, they have an ego, like um, Nat says, refer it to us, and we have a look at it. We reassure them because this is one of the things that how do we work with, with, with CrossFitters? First of all, I, this is my absolute personal anecdotal experience mine and, and the therapists I work with, the therapists I work with, that we need to reassure them because as soon as they go and niggle into the shoulder, they think something has gone wrong or it might be my label. Uh, yes, mate, you are 55. It probably could be your label, but believe me, your label might have been in problem five years ago when you still, you, you, you didn't feel any pain. It could be that actually you came to the gym while you were tired, while you were, you didn't eat properly, um, or you didn't sleep very well, all these things that that so I have to make them aware of other factors that might be influencing the pain while I allow natural history to take place and give them the the really nice environment where they love the massage, they absolutely love the massage. And and that but it's really important that we reassure them because they're so biomechanically led that when they they, they feel the pain in the shoulder. That's the only thing that they think is pain in the shoulder, pain in the shoulder, pain in the shoulder. Actually, the pain can be other factors or can be made amplified by other factors that you can control. And often it's about during the time, say, look, take a little bit, you know, this is going to take a few weeks. Huh? I'll support you in those few weeks to make you feel better and, and, and things. And then you're de-threatening the situation. And you know what? They feel... It, they feel less anxious, less, they feel less fearful. You're working as part of their team to, to, to create a, a better environment for the, for the body to heal itself, really. Smashing superb. Right, look, it's uh, four minutes two. People have been oh, very no. quiet listening tonight. The people in there, is it because you're taking notes down? or um, <laughs> I'm looking out there 
anyone's asking me questions, but you're all going to be a bit quiet. I'm just going to read a couple out here. So Catherine um, said a while back now, um, I'm guessing it would be the same in the gym, where people go into a gym with no experience may be more likely to be injured um, than if they were guided by a personal trainer. I guess it all depends on the personal trainer, isn't it? And that's one of the things I'm taking away from today is, yeah, it's a great idea getting a coach, but it depends what the coach is saying. It's a great idea going to see a, a soft tissue therapist, but it depends what the sport, the soft tissue therapist is saying. Both professionals can make your life hell and keep you in pain, but make the pain even worse. So you've got to shop around and you need some kind of indication as to whether the person you're seeing is up to date, whether they have, they're saying something different than they said. Five, that's always a good sign. If they're saying something different than they wrote or said five, ten years ago, that's brilliant. It shows they're not scared to change and they realize that things do evolve the whole time. But in terms of people listening to this podcast, you've got it sorted because all you've got to do is make sure you either get some coaching tips from Natalie Granger here or whether you kind of get some co- um, massage treatment and uh, education from the school. So with that in mind, Natalie, to you first of all, um, people want things like programs and, and to get some quality material. You are involved in supplying this, aren't you? Tell us about uh, that. Yeah, so I think um, this leads it back into what we were saying earlier about not being ready for a load. Um, training needs to be progressive and um, each box will write their own programming in general. Um, we, I'm part of a team of called Built by Atlas who write gym programming for both our boxes and multiple other boxes um, and also individuals. Um, and it's progressive training and that's what's key. So we build you up through phases and we allow you to work on different movement patterns, different lifts, you know, but still all within the CrossFit realm. So high intensity, um, but it's it's a mixture of weightlifting, gymnastics, strength, um, metcons. Um, and it kind of puts it all in a package for people. Um, and I think it's one of the better programming teams out there obviously because i work for them. <laughs> <laughs> obviously that's fine you'd be champion what you're proud of and this built by atlas is the website as it sounds built by atlas or where should they go built to by, yeah built by atlas if you just pop that in google you'll find it and just drop us a note if you're interested or a box you work in is interested or you have an individual who um maybe needs some more guidance but that's, that's the kind of thing that it's for Okay, there you go, people. So built by Atlas, um, and you can look at program. I love the way you guys call it scaling. In case you're into the podcast and say, why are they talking about all these reptiles and scaling and stuff? Scaling is <laughs> just progression and regression. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's exactly mm-hmm. what therapists And that's why Apai, they're so good. That, that's why from an outsider, I don't do CrossFit, just in case you were, um, from an outsider, that's why the guys Apai, the, the coaches are very good because they spend hours in the peri- periodization nice and that's it they are building the right strength the power at the right time in the period it is they're just outstanding it might takes a lot of work obviously and they're putting the work in it was interesting to hear last word uh, last week that like scaling's been there since the very beginning sonny was saying crossfit was built on scaling as one of the mm. kind of intricate things they came out with so it's always been there um, it's just we've only seen for 10 years we just saw the top of the scale we saw the people doing incredible things because that suited their bodies but there's always been this principle of scaling so good for you therapists out there who are maybe not up to date um, or not confident with regressions and progressions um, again you'll get something off your crossfit coach um, by chatting to them and talking things through and going out and sharing a frappuccino or something somewhere um Anna Maria talks about the school. If people are soft tissue, tissue therapists and they are interested in upgrading their skills and they think I need to evolve a little bit as a therapist, what do they do? 
Oh, you can come. You can come and have a chat with us. And we have different courses, continuous professional development courses, ranging from Ben Cormack is coming in a few weeks' time to to teach his movement course to courses on joint or area specific, ranging from assessment, treatment, rehabilitation. Or if you want to update your uh, your understanding and become a modern current therapist so you can come and join our upgrade course but today i'm here more as a as a as a practitioner myself really and um, as a practitioner to to share my experience on working with crossfit because it's highly highly rewarding you know when we always talk about self-efficacy this is the the cohort of people that that they are Excellent. You work with, uh, you you provide them with support and they take the support and self-management for them is, is, is the word, is the classic self-management client. So you'll enjoy that. Very good. Excellent. Um, what a lovely, yeah, if, you, if you're if praising it, then that's definitely worth a therapist checking it out. Um, I think even even these two episodes, we've got another two episodes of CrossFit um, based um, discussion. The last one will probably be um, a group discussion where people are encouraged to come along and chat about what you've heard so far, what you heard in the first three episodes. But even now, we're painting a much clearer picture. I personally, I don't do CrossFit. I haven't done, it's done weight training apart from a little kettlebell in my bedroom by myself when no one's watching for a while. That's about it. No, I know exactly. It's not pretty these days. But I still do it, and it's just to keep me able to get out there and run and stuff. But, um, yeah, so I'm not – I don't frequent gyms anymore. But it's definitely changed my image of CrossFit, and I'm hoping that people listening to the podcast are understanding now that it's not what it was painted. And it's probably not what is still portrayed on Instagram because, sadly, social media doesn't give us a very good image. You know, it is still very much uh, body beauties on Instagram, which are quite nice to flick through sometimes and scroll through. <laughs> But it's not painting a very accurate picture of what CrossFit is all about. Um, surprise, surprise. Who thought social media doesn't paint an accurate picture? Um, Mark, you um, spend far too much time in the University Exeter to entertain writing a blog or anything like that. But if people are interested in what you do, um, I suppose they can look up your papers if they just go to kind of Skillgate or something and check you out. You've got quite a few on them to go through. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, I guess what I would say is just that, you know, being aware of your mental state and the effect that that has on outcomes is, is, is important. So most of my work is be aware of your mental state and how that can affect your performance. But obviously part of performance is causing of injury. So be aware that if you're coming in carrying stress, being distracted, you are massively increasing your risk of injury. So, you know, checking in with yourself, you know, you know being mentally aware of your your thought processes self-awareness for me is always the, the first skill that i work with clients and i don't as you say i don't work with very many clients anymore but if um you know I, th- I think that is important being aware of your mental state and the implications that that, that has for all elements of performance in terms of will i hit this one rep max can i maintain this pace in the i don't I know anna maria doesn't like pain cave but in terms of that you know sort of slogging along at some kind of threshold but also in terms of how it might affect movement patterns attention whatever uh, to 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 cause injury fantastic she used to like the pain cave she told me in confidence <laughs> oh damn i've just revealed that to two thousand people downloading it okay no, and the couch do. stretch do you remember the couch stretch when you put, uh, i just 
Yes, it was sorry. all great stuff at the time. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I used and, to and also it. it was preached to us by someone who was rolling down a hill on a skateboard as he talked how to cool us. Was you know, that? how could you not respect that and take everything? Sorry, sorry can I ask a question? Should I not be doing the kite stretch then? Who's <laughs> 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 gonna? So yeah, we had this discussion the other day. So me and Natalie told you, Mark. It's not about stretching, it's about mobility, Mark. So don't spend your 40 minutes before your session to do your stretching. You should just be doing mobility. You listen to me and Natalie. Stop stretching. I spent my one-minute preparation before the session get my mindset right. (laughs) <laughs> that's really good whoa, we could whoa. do a whole month on mobility and well anybody who's watching this that's seen me train will automatically say that's bollocks mark so <laughs> <laughs> and there we go we're now officially 18 on youtube thank you very much for that um, mark Wilson. that means i <laughs> you know that little box like, which says this is suitable for children i have to go no not anymore um, that's fine that's okay that's all right <laughs> It's been worse. It's been worse. I've had guests on here. Um, yeah, Alice Sanvita was the best one um, when um, she realised that Adam Meekins was listening to the podcast. And she said, it's, and she's like a mature woman and, and, and doesn't look like someone who's going to come out with what she did. And she goes, is Adam here looking at us? Fuck you, Adam. Just out of the blue on the podcast live. And I'm like, thank you, Alice. Uh, of all the people I expect to see you there. <laughs> So, yeah. So well, I go. think Natalie was very restrained tonight. Was she? Really? I don't know. Yes. All <laughs> oh, right, really. Swears like a trooper. Coach Potty Mouth. Is that why mm. I got it? <laughs> passionate. <laughs> there is a research. There, is a, uh, there was a study done where if you swear, uh, sorry, your pain sensitivity, yeah. the pain test, isn't it? Am I right, yeah. Mark? Yeah, yeah. If you swear, the pain sensitivity test is lower well you, you there's been a couple of those used for mental toughness where you put your hand in ice bucket sort of like an ice bucket challenge but they keep the ice um they keep the temperature consistent it's, it's circulated but yeah swearing helps you hold on pain for longer yeah so, we are we are certain it. natalie oh, yeah <laughs> yeah we all kind of know that that's yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you, gang. Um, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Natalie, uh, Mark, and Anna Maria. Like I say, uh, hang around. I'm going to sign out now for everyone who's still live with this, but hang around, and I'll thank you personally afterwards when we go off air. But, yeah, people have joined us live. Thank you, as always, for coming in. If you're listening to this podcast, which I should get out in a couple of days, and you fancy joining in live and being in the audience and asking some questions, then um, we're here every Tuesday, 8 o'clock UK time, which is GMT at the moment. And like I say, you can join us on the Sports Therapy Association Facebook page. Um, you don't have to pay or do anything to join up. You just answer a question and that's it. You get in there. Or you can join it in on via YouTube where you just simply click on the live link as it goes and then you'll be there. So thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back, like I say, next week with more CrossFit. I'm not sure who the guest is, but it will be another aspect of CrossFit which we'll go over. If you have any questions, and feel free to send them to matt at the sta.co.uk, or indeed just keep the post going here on Facebook, write some comments in, anything which you're interested in knowing, I can forward them on to our guests in case there's anything, and it, and it stays live. This will be the CrossFit um, kind of um, place to put questions and answers in here now. So, so once again, thanks to my guests. Um, look after each other, people. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back um, next Tuesday. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about it.